You're listening to American Girl Women with Laura Treader and Lindsay Adams-Franca. This is a podcast where two millennial gals gather around the microphone and reminisce on the cultural phenomenon that took our childhood by storm, American Girl Dolls. Contrary to what you might think, we aren't just talking about dolls here. We're diving into the high highs and the low lows of getting hooked on American Girl and all the childhood memories that come flooding back. So join us and a few special guests each week as we become American Girl Women. Today on American Girl Women, we are joined by Carter Black and Barrett Adair, the duo behind the Instagram account, Helicity Merriman. Both originally from Virginia, these friends met while working in politics and discovered their shared childhood interest for American Girl in the early days of their careers and eventually channeled the AG love into the creation of their account, which uses memes as a medium to inform on today's political landscape, society, and culture, cleverly packaged with humor and the familiar faces of American Girl dolls. We are so honored to have them join us today to hear all about their AG experiences and the insights and inspo behind the memes. Carter and Barrett, welcome to AGW. Hi. Hi, so excited to be here. We're so excited to have you both. I think that for Lindsay and I, your Instagram account and all the memes that you've created uh, were such a touch point for us as we rediscovered our love for AG. So this is truly just like a career highlight for us with this podcast. (laughs) Oh my God. Thank you. I think with your Instagram, we really saw American Girl come to life in such an intelligent way that at least I hadn't considered before. Like AG was such a thing in the past for me. So seeing your account bringing to life all of these political and just smart social commentary was really impactful. So thank you for all that you do um, and bringing (laughs) together this whole community through American Girl and just really excited to hear more about your story and the story of the Holicity account. But before we get into that, would you tell us a little bit about your friendship and how the both of you met? Yeah. Um, well, we met in the war. Um, no, I'm kidding. We um, <laughs> both uh, did political campaigns uh, for a few years. And in 2017, that's when we met, we were working in Virginia on their like statewide elections that year. And it's also kind of the beginning of our friendship is also kind of the beginning of the American girl lore um, because we had a little downtime. Most of our work was sort of like um, youth centric and like um, college student centric. So we started in the summer and like had some planning periods before, um, you know, kids were coming to campus and the bulk of our work would ramp up. And in that time, as a team building activity, like we would do little like personality quizzes that we found online. And one of those was like, what American girl doll are you? And it became like a huge bit that like every single person that would come and join the team and like people we were friends with completely outside of this. I mean, for years we were like making the men we dated take this quiz. (laughs) 
I think I made my boyfriend take it. I need to like check in with him. I must have done that. Um, <laughs> but uh, we would do that. And then you would read the Betches article that is um, ranking the American Girl Dolls by Betchiness. And I think that came out like yeah. 2013 or something. Iconic. Um, but yeah. And like we would make people read their result on that article as well. It's been a the bedrock of our friendship. In many ways. <laughs> That's so fun. Do you both remember who you got on the quiz? Oh yeah, I was a host of Fina. I was Samantha. I feel like all the girls who liked hiking got Josefina. <laughs> no, that's so accurate. It was like the hike, the hiking girls were Josefina Which, for sure. I'm like now I'm like way too deep in the lore and everything, but I'm like I don't know what. <laughs> like I don't know what about Josefina I don't recall her actually liking hiking that much but okay <laughs> I feel like she was maybe just more in touch with nature than like Samantha say. <laughs> and I maybe actually, that's why I think the corollary is they were trying to do more of like a if you would go to Burning Man, maybe you would have been this little girl in the desert of New Mexico. Like, that makes sense. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. gosh. That's, that's so fun. I haven't taken one of those quizzes in a while, but Laura, maybe we should bring that back to the podcast. We had done that, like, in the very early days. And I also want my husband to take it now. You need to know. I mean, right? you can get an annulment if it comes out that he's a Molly. <laughs> Honestly, I could definitely see myself like wanting to like retake the test though if a Molly comes up or someone who I'm not particularly aligned with. <laughs> Take it till you get the answer you want. Right? <laughs> Take it until uh-huh. Samantha. That is so such a good point though. Something that like Lindsay and I have discussed with other guests is like how do you present like interest in American girl to like men in our lives? Like, not that I care what they think about it, but it's like always an interesting conversation starter because either they like know what it is and they like maybe had like a sister or something that was into it growing up or they have no idea. And then you have to go through like the painstaking process of trying to explain like the cultural significance of American Girl and just like watch them blankly stare at you. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's so true. Um, And so I've been with my boyfriend um, for a couple of years now and he had no idea like anything about American Girl dolls. And now he helps me like stage photos for the Instagram account. Um, (laughs) We were just in the mountains in North Carolina this past weekend and I brought my Felicity doll Um, He strapped her into the car, like for (laughs) her car ride down there. When we got in the hot tub, like he helped me like get the picture of Felicity trying out the hot tub. So, you know, there (laughs) there really is, there's hope out there for sure. That is inspiring. That is boyfriend goals right there. (laughs) Oh, for sure. For sure. No, he's always like, oh, what are you doing? Like, is Felicity coming? Like, it's a required question now. (laughs) I love that. Oh my God. You put her in the cot tub. We, you know, um, we didn't fully submerge her, but she, (laughs) she did get a little wet. She has taken a shower. She's actually taken last summer. She tried taking an outdoor shower at the beach for the first time. (laughs) So no, she's not afraid of water, but she, she did not get submerged. (laughs) 
That is so funny. How did the two of you eventually progress, you know, your friendship, your work downtime, taking the quiz to starting the phenomenon that is the Helicity Merriman account? Um, so I would say, I mean, I feel like this started like or maybe in the pandemic, maybe not even like the worst days of it. I don't really know when the original like, um, like we need an American girl doll meme started. We're very, we're credited a lot with that. But I mean, if you like search that phrase, you can find tweets as old as like 2014 and stuff. So I don't know when I, we saw like the first ones start to pick up, but it was definitely at least in 2021. And at that point we were like living in separate States, have been for a while because of the pandemic and everything and no longer worked together and obviously it's like we're best friends we have like plenty to talk about but also like this was just a very organic sort of um connection point as like as they started to become more and more um present in our respective social media feeds we would always send them to each other and um in early last year Carter made the account and like sent me the login details and was just like, I actually like made one of these meme accounts because there were a couple others that exist already and were like kind of growing followings. And she was like, there are like, there's like a little bit of a network of like people making this stuff. And like, I want to do it for fun. And I think it would just be like fun to do together. Thus she was born. <laughs> oh my gosh. And thus yeah. she has grown to almost 200K followers, right? <laughs> That's amazing. You know, it's, it's really wild what can happen after like an extra glass of wine because, you know, one thing you're just, yeah, LOL, like extra glass of wine. I'm just going to make an account. I never, like, I absolutely never expected it to last past a, past a week. Um, <laughs> I am a serial hobbyist and I love to like pick a new thing, like get really into it and then quit it, yeah. like hit it, quit it. So this is like one of the only things I've started to do for fun that I've actually kept doing. And I'm really proud of that. And I think so much of it is because it's Barrett and I. And if it was anybody else, like, I don't think it would have caught on or lasted, but it's such a great like way for us to stay connected. And And I would (laughs) add that like, I wouldn't, I don't think I would do it by myself either. Like it's, a big part of the fun of it is that like there's someone who can read all the same messages and comments as me and like makes this content with me and like we like show each other stuff before it goes out and like it's it's fun to do with her that's kind of how Lindsay and I feel about our partnership as well um very similar origin story for sure right and Carter I feel the same exact way about being a serial hobbyist. Like (laughs) this is surprising that it's lasted so long. (laughs) Love a hobby. What's your creative process like? How, how do you kind of work together to get each post up? I think that our creative process does kind of ebb and flow uh, around like flashpoints or certain like meme trends or things like that. Typically, when we're just putting up memes, um, we will like send each other either like a one off if we just like think of something and we make it. 
Um, and we just text them to each other back and forth and kind of save up enough for what we would like want to post in a group. And then like when we've worked with brands in the past, Barrett usually kind of spearheads doing like first first drafts of um, like copy and actually putting like the meme the meme together. Um, but a lot of it is just like texting back and forth or like sending a lot of voice messages or just being like, I was up in the middle of the night thinking about this last night. So I made it into a meme. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you have anything to add, but yeah, we, we mostly just really text, text each other back and forth. I feel like I send mine in like very large batches and I'll be like, I'm sorry. I've just been like sitting at my desk for like hours straight, just thinking thoughts <laughs> and yeah. turning them into American girl doll memes. And I also love that brands are joining in on this big moment for AG and collabing with you. What have been some of your favorite partnerships? The brand deals have been really fun. I feel like the ones we've worked with have just like, let us be us. I'm especially a big fan. I don't have favorites, but I'm like a very big fan of the one we did with Julie, which is like a morning after pill brand. Yes. Um, let me write the copy and send to them and get it through approvals completely. Like something about like getting rod in the back of a Camry and ba- in the back <laughs> of your ex's Camry or something. Um, and I just I threw that out there and it, it made it, it's right there in the post. It's like my <laughs> shining achievement because I like work in digital creation. Well, at this point, I'm not like super like um, creative more on the like management and strategy side, but have been in the trenches of just like creating endless content day in, day out for like, you know, a very like DC classic, like um, more serious, like political toned organization, right? Um, is like has been the job I've been doing the longest. And before that, I was like doing it for like big tech companies, like not even like Apple, like tech companies that are so big, you've never heard of them, but they own half the world. Um, and <laughs> So to write something so deeply unserious and see it like fully brought to life, it's like, this has never happened to me before. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Oh my gosh. And I feel like this is like maybe a silly question, but I'm interested to hear in what ways maybe is the American Girl brand aware of your existence? I feel like obviously yes, but... Um, in what ways have you guys interacted with American Girl Brand officially? I feel like I need, I like want to find like something that would sound kind of like chic and vaguely like mob wife um, to respond to this. But like, <laughs> th- like we know of each other. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, we run some circles. Uh, <laughs> they're definitely aware of us um and i feel like they are always reached out to for comment anytime like we're put in a story or anything um right and the usual company line that i've read is something to the tune of like we appreciate like that this brand has such like a lasting impact on its fans that you know they find ways to connect with it in adulthood um we have had 
some like AG employees reach out and be like, oh, we, like we know who you guys are. Like we're very much aware of it. Like we send the memes to each other and everything, um, <laughs> which I think is like just about right. Yeah. yeah. That's a good balance, right? Like <laughs> you don't want to be so involved that you have to be like careful Policed. of what you're sharing. Yeah. sharing yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> So that, that seems like the perfect place to sit. (laughs) I find it so fascinating because American girl is, I mean, one of the first touch points of politics, at least for me growing up with the very digestible version of the American revolution, Patriots versus loyalists in Felicity's book series, I think was like the first time I was exposed to politics, so to speak. So it's especially fascinating to have a return to the political commentary and the American landscape and see it unfold through the lens um, on your Instagram. I think that's really, really interesting. What are the moments that you've been most proud of since starting the account? I think, well, I the super obvious one is the Roe v. Wade overturned post around this time last year. That's when, like, we've talked about that in, like, some, like, videos and, like, interviews before, but, like, threw together super quick when the news was coming out. It's, like, not in a carousel. It was, it's not even, like, wordsmithed very well at all. Like, it was a very raw thought. Um, And we slapped it up there. It's still our, like, most viewed, most interacted with post And I think like it ended up making its way into like a lot of different protest signs. I had like uh, coworkers of mine, like, cause I live in DC, like send me photos when they were like walking past the Supreme court or whatever and be like, people printed out your meme and just used it as a sign. Um, Wow. And like, it, it just gave people like a little bit to connect with, like a place on the internet that was maybe a little bit more safe than the just like endless annals of Twitter to post a comment. Like, what are we going to do? I'm worried about this. Like, I can't believe this happened. I can't believe this is over, et cetera, et cetera. There was just like so much pain from exactly the type of audience that we had created at that point. Um, And I think, you know, the, proof is in the numbers a little bit that people connected with that but also like I think the comments there it quickly became like a supportive place to just like be outraged but like feel a sense of community anyway yeah definitely I think like the American Girl brand like through the magazine and other touch points like really just banded this generation together and that continues through and especially to have an outlet to kind of cope with the serious shit that's happening like that's so impactful to be that voice within it what about you carter what has been something that you've been particularly proud of through this journey for me one of the highlights has been getting invited to participate on a smithsonian panel yeah that was like such a crazy email to get in the inbox like (laughs) almost kind of thought it was a joke at first um (laughs) but you know i i i think that 
you know, American girl is a huge reason why I ended up going down the path that I did. I was like always a social studies girl, like loved history. And I think that that really kind of got me in to politics. So I don't know, I just being able to like do a Smithsonian panel, it's like sounds so like, oh, like, like the museums in DC. And um, it just felt like very cool and legit. I do think like it still feels silly that we were part of that, but like it was also really cool to like tell my some of my family members about that and like had aunts and uncles texting me being like, I'm so proud of you. And like wow. people in my life who have like never told me that they were proud of me for anything were like, no, it's like so cool that you're on a Smithsonian panel. Um, yeah. And so that I was like, oh yeah, like maybe we should feel proud. Like this is kind of a cool thing and we we do have something to add to this conversation. So yeah, that was like totally a highlight for me for sure. Absolutely. Definitely. I feel like when Lindsay and I saw that like panel first, like get announced, I feel like we were like, oh my God, this is so cool because it really is like, it feels like a small community, but the reach is actually so broad and the relatability is so broad that like, it makes so much sense to me. I think that, you know, you all were asked to participate in that because it really is like reflecting so many people's like interests and childhood and experiences. And like, we really kind of are in an American girl renaissance that I think was brought about by COVID-19, like specifically for people kind of in our age bracket. So I feel like you all are just so like uniquely positioned to be able to offer that commentary too. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. You're welcome. I have a question that's like kind of silly, but do you guys ever have to deal with haters on your Instagram? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. (laughs) And we have, um, we have like such a good range of them too. I mean, like I would say most of any content we post that delves very like deliberately into the political um we do just get like conservative backlash unless it's particularly foul like kind of veering into like hate speech or something we leave those up and typically like the other people who follow our account will like hook their ass up in the comment section and <laughs> they're they're a little regulated militia of their own but <laughs> we also get like like the new wave brand of like I don't even know what to call it just like 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 reading into something we have posted on like a super microscopic level and I I want to be very careful about this because I feel like with those people like Honestly, I would not say like 90% of them, I would not say are haters. Um, and if there's something in a post that like we might not understand as being insensitive in some way or that like maybe just should have had a trigger warning on it, but even if we still posted it or something like that, like people will come to us like pretty honest and like just like offer that commentary up in a really kind and productive way. We have had people that are just like, I don't know, like, I can't believe that you would like post like this thing and uh, not acknowledge that like there are 
is a special election happening in like a county three hours outside of Cleveland today. It's just like, <laughs> I, okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, so they're policing or they're like hating on you guys basically for not doing like enough political activism. <laughs> there's, there's some of that. There's some like, uh, like specific word choices, which I mean, like we obviously like do not post anything that is like insensitive. Um, we don't use any language that is like harmful in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we just like learn all the time, like <laughs> yeah. that, like there's always going to be something that somebody could be offended by. And I do think that like most people come in good faith and present an argument as to why, like, maybe something should be edited or we could have just done that differently. And maybe we should know for the future. Um, and then there are others who like, they, they want a weird kind of satisfaction of like making us look like bad people, careless people. Um, Mm. and neither of us are bad or careless people. Like I have like the presence of mind to like, not feel that way about myself and know that like, I'm not a bad person. So, um, thank God. Um, but it's moments like that where I'm like, Oh my God, this is like another reason why I'm very glad I do this with Carter. I have someone like built in to complain to, um, about this (laughs) stuff and just get it out and like vent to. Yeah. And also like, I, it, it makes it so much harder to imagine people with like much bigger followings or like where their face is kind of like more their brand and maybe they're like much younger than us. Maybe they do this full time. Like, God, that's got to be hard because they get like way more of that, like in a constant stream. And I think like you have to be a real particular type of person to um, like have that just roll off of you easier. Yeah, absolutely. It's like the second you hit like a certain follower account, people forget that there's actual people behind the account. And I mean, Laura and I, to a very small degree, will experience that, but it's good to have your partner there to just kind of laugh things off. I will say like 98, 99% of the interactions are like very good. Yeah. Um, the oh, DMs, yeah. like the people that we like chat with, I feel like I've made like good internet friends, buddies um, yeah. like, over the last year plus and yeah, people are like, I think for the most part, super, just like super kind. And we get also get a lot of like pictures or just like random information people will send us like, oh my gosh, I just found like the, you know, the May 2003 catalog and like send pictures or like we had like tons of people send us just like pictures of like old dolls or like pictures of dolls that they find on like Craigslist like other funny like TikToks about American Girl dolls, um, other memes about American Girl dolls. Um, last Halloween, we had so many people DM us pictures of American Girl dolls, like they had dressed up like for Halloween. So oh, like most God. of the interactions are so great and and like very positive. You're building a community. That's absolutely incredible. I have to ask, were there other names or dolls considered outside of Felicity or was it always going to be her with Felicity? I mean, I was such a Felicity 
girl growing up. Uh, she was my my first of two dolls that I had um, simply because I was a redhead in Virginia and she was a redhead in Virginia. So my parents were like, that's perfect. Um, hmm. And yeah, I was just trying to think of puns, like definitely felt inspired by clit <laughs> clitterage. Like Garrett and I had both already followed that account, like thought it was really funny. Um, and Helicity just felt right. Um, yeah, I don't know. Not, no, no other, no other real, real reason, but um, yeah, it was definitely... <laughs> There's definitely going to be holicity or or or, or nothing. <laughs> <laughs> love that. I mean, I feel like it fits so well, and also love the avatar of Felicity with like the double <laughs> horns. She's very straightforward and to the point, <laughs> right? I know. I feel like Felicity would absolutely approve of your account. Like, I think so too. I think she would <laughs> <okay>. love it. <laughs> Well, let's get into your experiences with American Girl. First, though, I'd love a little background on both of you and what you were like growing up. So we did both grow up in Virginia, but very different parts. And I was kind of like in sort of like Southside, Virginia. It was super, 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 super rural. And I had illusions, maybe even delusions of grandeur. Um, I remember like as like a small child, like my parents asked me what I wanted to be and I said famous and I was (laughs) open to any avenue to get there. Um, (laughs) I was like a super, super girly girl. So I had like a lot of the dolls. Um, I was a doll person. I had like a million Barbie dolls as well or whatever. It was just like the only like kind of toy I ever wanted. And I loved my little dresses. I love my little hair bows. I had like a little like hair bow display that my mom made for me that I could like pick out a different bow every day. Just like there. I mean, I, I, I climbed some trees here and there, but I, I was never anything close to being a tomboy. Um, I was always pretty much exactly the same person I am today. <laughs> and I was the complete opposite. Basically. <laughs> uh, I was a huge tomboy in definitely like early, early childhood, especially Barrett occasionally climbed a tree. Um, one of my favorite hobbies as a child was making pottery out of mud. Um, <laughs> we took the time and I insisted that I should be able to eat out of it. Um, my mom would have to explain like, it will dissolve if you try to put cereal in a bowl made out of milk um, or out of mud. I was very much like a got my knees scraped a lot and spent a lot of time outside. I think I got more into like the girly girl stuff, maybe around like middle school. It took me a while. I think when like Claire's like there was some 2000s like Claire's boom where suddenly like Claire's became like something that I knew of as a store that existed and once like Claire's I was aware of Claire's then I wanted like girly stuff because it it was at Claire's so oh yeah a pivotal moment (laughs) seriously Claire's was the only store I cared about for such yeah. a long time. <laughs> right. Yeah. I still feel bad from being in sixth grade at 
what do you call it? Was it a grab bag, maybe like a holiday gift exchange where you like take something, you could choose a present or like a white elephant, not a white elephant. Like you would just take a present and you'd get what you got, but you had like choices. And Mm. I was the last second to last person to go. And I had the choice between a big gift and a tiny gift. And I chose the big one. And the big one was a Puzz 3D. And the other gift was a Claire's gift card, probably for like $10. And I still regret it because I had just learned what Claire's was like moments before. And I was obsessed with it. Uh, I won't get over that. Back, no, back in I those days. That. That's so funny. <laughs> a canon event. $10 really went pretty far at Claire's back in those yeah, days. So. Right? I was going to say you could buy the whole store kind of for that. <laughs> at least a few of those like little earring sets that I used to always get there. They were, oh my like, God. They were like three for 10. It was like a thousand earrings for $10. Right? <laughs> right. Claire's, my Claire's also had like a mystery bags. Yes. Which I was oh, addicted to. Fine. Loved the mystery bags. And then sometimes you would get one of those trinket boxes where you <gasps> yes. open the top and it has a little wire that would like <laughs> ding around the mystery bags were my favorite oh my god (laughs) I still can't resist a mystery and it probably stemmed from those (laughs) oh my god but the Claire's trinket boxes were so cute I know it's like bring them let's like relaunch those please (laughs) but getting into the American girl of it all how were you both exposed to American girl for the first time if you can recall I think when I was like so young like definitely a toddler my first doll was actually a bitty baby and this is like I mean I was really really young but and I think I probably didn't I think my parents like or you know one of my grandparents or something like got this catalog like knew about it I had never like witnessed the brand before right but I got a bitty baby for Christmas and I loved my bitty baby. It was like the first time I was maybe old enough to remember a gift. And like, I loved her so much. I had so many outfits for her. I had a little like cradle for her that had like a little canopy over it. And I loved that girl. And we just kept getting the catalogs after that. And I kept looking through them after that. Um, and I think maybe a year or two after I got the bitty baby, I was upgraded to my first big girl doll. And that was Samantha. Um, but yes, that was my intro to the whole brand. Ooh, did you choose Samantha specifically? No, it was selected for me, which Carter and I have like touched on. Um, that does, I feel like that is like a fairly common intro for a lot of people for the brand. Um, if they like had a doll, I feel like your parents choose, they choose your name and they choose your first American girl doll. And those are the rites of passage <laughs> that a parent is allowed to have in this world. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, similar logic. I looked like Samantha. I have the blunt bangs and like long, like brunette hair um at the time and she her all of her little outfits and her whole little aesthetic like 
very much fit my personality. Like her, her as a person, I think actually is a tomboy. Like um, if you read the books or whatever, but like the aesthetic she gave off, oh my God, we had so many little matching outfits. I threw a birthday party once that was like Samantha's birthday party copied and pasted onto mine. I mean, she's she's uh, the sister you never had, the friend you always wanted, et cetera, et cetera. So true. <laughs> Relating hard to that. <laughs> <laughs> Carter, what about you? What was your first foray into American Girl? You know, I, I don't remember like one particular moment. I also had a bitty baby, but I'm not sure which came first. All I know is that there was life before Felicity and there was life <laughs> after Felicity. Um <laughs> And yeah, I, I do not even remember opening her or like opening the box. I have no idea like if it was for Christmas or my birthday or an occasion or what. I probably was just like so excited that I blacked out like the entire memory um, and then just like awoke and there she was in my life. But I had was like pretty much instantly Felicity girl. Felicity was chosen for me. Um, And I also got like really into Colonial Williamsburg because obviously you have to. And I think then it was like a couple of years later that I'd got um, the very first ever girl of the year, Lindsay Bergman. It was like very camping aesthetic. That was such a cute collection. But yeah, I, I honestly, I don't even, I don't even remember like the, like the day that I got her, I just like, I think, yeah, I like blacked it out. I must, I must have. <laughs> I, I think that's so valid though, because like, well, first of all, let me just point out that we are two Samanthas and two Felicities strong um, in, in the chat right now. So Lindsay was a Felicity gateway. I was a Samantha gateway, but like, you're so right about how there's like life before American Girl and then there's like life once you've been exposed to it like even if you don't remember that exact moment that you <laughs> discovered it or received it it's like just takes over once it's in your consciousness <laughs> it really is Carter what were some of your outfits that you had for Felicity oh wow um so I I will say that at least some of my favorites um, from like Felicity's collection, the red cape was Ooh. amazing. Like the hooded red cape. Um, she wore that all seasons. Um, if she was like dressed in a cute spring outfit, she had the red cape on. Um, that was like definitely a staple for me. Um, and then the blue, I don't know if it's like the Christmas dress, the holiday oh, dress, yeah. but the blue with like the interchanging snaps where it could be oh. either like white um, and blue or like purple and blue. I loved that gown set. Um, but I also had a lot of hand-me-down doll clothes that my mom would find at thrift stores. Um, and even some that like we made together that did not fit very well but I did not necessarily keep Felicity like in in era like she she evolved to wear quite a bit of modern clothing even in my childhood she just usually still had the red cape too I love that yeah that's something that we ask our guests who had multiple dolls especially more of the modern ones if you kept your historic doll in her specific time period 
And now Barrett, what about yourself? You had quite a few dolls. If you want to walk us through that collection that you had. Every time I've talked to somebody about like, what dolls did you have? I'm like, I had so fucking many of these things. Um, My parents were insane for that, but they were like just my favorite thing on the planet. I think like writing on that, this like writing this down for this podcast was the first time I did like full inventory. I was like, okay, which ones did I have? I had like the thing pulled up. It was like every American girl doll ever. (laughs) Um, so I had Samantha, I had a bitty baby first and then Samantha I had at some point I got Nellie's like Samantha's friend, Nellie, um, when they released her, I had Josefina, I had Kit, I had, um, one of the like, just like me dolls that did not look just like me. I just like, liked how she looks. I had Biddy twins and I had two girls of the year. I had Marisol, which I think was 2005. And I had Kaylee, who I think was like the year prior or something. I have a memory of, I'm not throwing any of my family members under the bus, but it just like came to me when Carter said that like she kept Felicity in her red cape all seasons. Um, I have this gorgeous white coat that I got. It was like part of like whatever the big holiday outfit was that year that you could buy for any of your dolls. Um, So I got the holiday outfit. It was like a red dress, but it came with this like white fur trimmed coat. And I kept, I think Kaylee was the doll I had at the time. I kept her in that for like all seasons or whatever. And I remember I was going to like a tea, a doll tea party in the spring and I dressed her in a little blue sundress, but also her white coat. And my aunt was like, why is she wearing a coat? It's spring. And I think I, at the time I just shrugged and I was like, I just like it. I think it looks cute. And now that I'm older, I'm like, I'm doubling down. What are you, the police? Like, (laughs) what if I told you she did look cute and she's ultimately a doll and she couldn't feel it. (laughs) Like a stroke of like righteous indignation when Carter was talking about keeping Felicity in the club. (laughs) Um, But yeah, oh my gosh. I had, I will say that I did not, treasure any of them so much as I did Samantha and Samantha was also like I they got me like almost all of her stuff I don't think they got me her on like furniture I don't think so um but I had her trunk and then I had like all of her outfits including the butterfly catching fit a classic (laughs) Um, oh my gosh yeah And then the other dolls, they would get me, if they got me one of the other historic dolls, I would usually get their Christmas outfit in addition to their normal outfit. And then I would get, if they had a pet, I could get their pet. Nevertheless, still defend my parents were um, off their shit for that. But I think I was just like, every Christmas would roll around and I would be like, this is the doll I want. And they're like, that's interesting. You want literally anything else? Nope. <laughs> Same water <laughs> as last year. I kind of relate to that because I had a pretty sizable collection as well. And I don't necessarily think that, I mean, of course, like having even one of these dolls is such a privilege, but I think that um, it was more like I, this was my primary interest. So yeah. I wasn't even asking for anything else for like a five-year period. So you just like 
start accumulating a huge amount of stuff. Plus, I think, like, relatives enjoy purchasing from American Girl because it, like, makes them feel good about, like, the toy sort of being tied to learning in some way, even though, Mm -hmm. like, for me, for, you know, I would say 40% learning, 60% fashion. Um, But, yeah, I feel like it's just, like, when that's your primary interest, like, of course you're going to accumulate yeah. And I, I like, I will defend. It's just like, I could imagine being a parent at Christmas time is like, that's what the kid wants. So that's what the kid gets. And I was reading, devouring all of those books. Like even the girls that like, I didn't have the dolls for, like I read all of the books because my mom was a teacher. All of her friends were teachers. Like I had endless access to like libraries mm. of children's books and I was getting all of them. And so, yeah. And then, I mean, here we are today. So I would say it was not uh, the worst investment ever made. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I think it's really interesting how many parallels there are between you two and then Laura and I with our doll collections like so many overlapping dolls between Barrett and Laura and then Carter you and I both had Felicity and then I had a bitty baby but like my mom had said when she joined our podcast my mom was like I didn't know you could get more than one she thought like you are your doll like (laughs) that is your personality And like, that would have been such a good strategy and probably one I would employ <laughs> with a child. I would be like, okay, like I would sit her down and be like, listen, you're four. Are you ready for this kind of commitment? <laughs> we, if you want to put it off another year, we can. Let's just think it all through. <laughs> <laughs> and were you, were you Barrett mixing the outfits between the different dolls? Oh yeah. They were like, not necessarily in anything that they were supposed to be wearing. I think I mostly kept the historical dolls were in the outfits they came with, but they could also wear some of the modern outfits. Yeah. Um, But the modern girls could not wear the historical outfits and the historical girls could not wear each other's outfits. Accessories. Yes. Sometimes like a shoe here, a bow there, like would complete the outfit and you could, you know, just borrow from each other but I think like the full fits I think stayed on each historical girl that's reasonable yeah it's good to have rules in a society (laughs) (laughs) Carter from your point of view was there anything you really were wanting for your dolls that you did not acquire during your peak American girl years that is a fantastic question um I was always really into the bedroom sets for each doll in the catalog. Um, I think the idea just as a kid of having um, like my own, my own room, I guess I did, I did have my own room, but it just felt more adult to the, like in the American girl doll world, like they would have like little writing desks and because they're historical dolls, like it just looked kind of more adult and more mature. And I was like very drawn to that. Um, So I definitely coveted like the bedroom sets, the beds, the little writing desks and tables, the nightstands, things like that. I always loved the loom. Josefina's mm. room I wanted badly and that was one item that never did come into my collection but that was one in the catalog that I would spend a lot of time looking at and 
thinking like I like I will teach myself how to loom on this loom and then like I don't know I don't know if you all ever had this this experience where maybe you would look at something in the catalog or you would you would order it um and then it arrives and it's like really small because it's doll size but in your head like I got the (laughs) the violin and I like I was like I am gonna learn how to play the violin on my American Girl dolls violin, which of mm-hmm. course makes no sense. But in my head at the time, I would always be surprised like, oh, these are like tiny, like these little these things are tiny. So I don't know. I was like, that was a delusional thought on my part. But I really <laughs> wanted to loom because I thought I could teach myself how to loom on it. Well, in your defense, American Girl made all of these things like fully functional. I remember the like mini ice cream maker like actually made ice cream but it made like a teaspoon of ice cream (laughs) so it's like for what (laughs) (laughs) but that's such a unique uh item we haven't heard that one yet I think um all of Josefina's collection is like super interesting and covetable but the loom definitely a a great option could make like a nice little handkerchief with it (laughs) based on the size (laughs) was that part of her birthday story it was happy birthday Josefina was the collection or the book or I'm not really sure but yeah oh I want to look at that Josefina was past my ag time and even like I think past like the point where I was really looking at catalogs like I remember her being introduced but not closely looking at the catalogs at that point, but her stuff is so beautiful. Like Laura and I will do catalog deep dives and anytime Josefina is in the catalog, it's just, uh, her collection is stunning. Her holiday outfit. Oh my God. Mm. Impeccable. Amazing. So all of her outfits were so good. Just, I, I definitely like really, really was into Josefina stuff. I did get some Brita. Um, Ooh, the girl I had a fight with. Um, <laughs> so I still have some Brita. Oh my God. Cute. Love that. Oh my God. Really, really big part of Josefina's origin story. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Barrett, what about you? Was there anything that you didn't receive, but still have in your mind? Um, I'm so glad you asked because I have the biggest axe to grind and it's that I never got a horse. Mm. A bunch of them had horses. I don't know if any of the ones I even got had, well, no, because I had Josefina and she definitely had a horse. Um, They were being weird for that. Like I wanted, (laughs) I wanted the horse. Maybe I would have sacrificed one of the actual dolls I got just to get the horse. (laughs) I don't know why we were drawing lines in the sand about not getting the horse. I mean, imagine, imagine. (laughs) (laughs) And what my, my godmother, Carolyn Joe did have Felicity and she did have Felicity's full collection, every piece Mm. of furniture, every outfit, every, every accessory current to like, you know, whatever that time was. So I did get a taste. I always kind of wanted Felicity, but I was sort of like, I get to play with that. Like that's, that's like my doll that I get to play with there. But she was like her Felicity, like, I mean, it it had like a little corner that it lived in and like all her like stuff lived in that corner too. And like, she was always dressed and she was, 
when she wasn't actively being played with, she was kept on a little stand. Um, (laughs) She was like on display. So I had to be a little nicer to (laughs) Carolyn Joe's Felicity doll than I had to be like with my own things, but she did have the horse. So it was just kind of a trade off. Um, (laughs) Oh my God. I was lobbying for a horse for so long. I remember when um, I didn't, I don't think I wanted Kaya. I read her books, but I don't think I wanted her, but like, I loved her horse the best. I think it was like all black. It might've had like a little white spot. It's just like so ingrained in my memory, the injustice of it all. (laughs) Yes. Her horse was cool too, because it was like a little bit more alt than Felicity's horse. Like Felicity's horse, I think was like this penny. Yeah. The same as like the American girl of today horse that where you had like the traditional like riding outfit, whereas Kaya's horse like looked more wild. I feel like. Right. Mind you, I did do horseback riding. I was riding English every single Tuesday at my <laughs> teacher Nan's and I rode on this little pinto named Bebop and I was doing a good <laughs> job. And it just seems like someone would have gotten me the fucking doll horse. <laughs> no. That makes this even more of an injustice now that you've revealed that you are actually engaging in horseback riding. <laughs> yeah, I was doing real world activities and they wouldn't buy me the props to go along with it so my dogs <laughs> dolls could do it with me. Oh my goodness. <laughs> my uh, my dog was the doll's horse. Uh, I also never, never had Penny, um, but... Yeah, uh, we we had a dog who certainly got some some American Girl doll action. Oh my god, I love that! <laughs> How creative, improvising where needed, <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. Now, Carter, you have your Felicity with you. Do you also have Lindsay still? I do. They are both uh, with me here in Richmond, Virginia. I don't reach for Lindsay quite as much just because I don't know. I'm, I'm just Felicity She's not the is brand. My number one. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I have both of them and I do have a small collection of, of clothes and things and some I Brita. Love that. I love that. Was she before you uh, maybe most recently brought her to the outdoor shower and the hot tub? How was she looking um, after all these years, like, were you careful with playing with her? Is her hair intact? What, what's her status? She, you know, she's seen, she's seen some better days. Um, there was a point where my Felicity went to the doll hospital and got a new head. Ooh. Um, and since receiving a new head, um, I did apparently give her at least one more haircut. Um, so there is a chunk of her hair missing in the back. Um, I have tried to style her hair around it, um, but that's okay. She also does not have her ringlets anymore. Those long gone. <laughs> so she's in me- mediocre shape. <laughs> she's in, yeah, she's in, yeah, she's in mediocre shape. Her, her, um, her limbs are very loose uh those could use a titan um but Couldn't we all yeah no she's not <laughs> a box i mean she was she was in a box for a good long while and then the account happened and i was like mom i think like i need felicity and Lindsay back <laughs> right uh, 
but yeah, a little, little dusty, but, um, you know, they're, I guess it could be worse. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're so right. I mean, to me, like based on people we've talked to and my own experiences, mediocre shape is a win <laughs> for toys from our childhood. Right. <laughs> Fair. What about your, your collection? Do you still have them today? Where are they? I do not have them. I think um, I remember when I was in high school, my like high school boyfriend had a little sister and she was into kit. So I remember giving her my kit doll. Um, I think the rest are still laboring in my father's home in um, like a vacuum sealed like plastic bag or something with all of their <laughs> accessories in there um and I think they're all like in like relatively good condition honestly um they're not being loved on as much as they ought to but um I oh I was so precious about not giving them haircuts they did not get haircuts I would be devastated if like they got like a like a little magic marker like a pin like mark on them um, to the to the like hard parts of their bodies. I wasn't like super like crazy about like the soft part. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they were. I w- I would brush their hair a lot. I got like very like self conscious about their hair always looking like pretty nice and everything. I did have like the wire like wig comb for the doll or whatever. Um. Yeah. I th- so I think like. They could definitely be doing better, but uh, I think uh, they were all like maintained fairly well. Fair. What lasting impression did American Girl leave on you? And Carter, do you want to kick us off here? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I think I, I touched on this a little bit earlier, but I think that for like my my path that I've taken in terms of what I've studied and chosen to do as a career is definitely attributed in in some way to American Girl. Um, I don't know that like I necessarily knew that at the time growing up or interacting with the dolls, but I think reflecting back now as an adult, Felicity being in my life, you know, getting like really into Colonial Williamsburg, um, kind of getting into social studies and history and government, um, I think is, is like a huge part of who I have become, um, which is just like such an interesting thing to think about in hindsight, like looking back at that, that time. So I would say like, I, I definitely owe or can attribute like a, a, a decent portion, I think of like what I've ended up doing with my life, like to American girl dolls being in my life. Um, as a child. So, I mean, that's definitely a lasting effect, right? Um, yeah, absolutely has, has, yeah, has stuck with me. Um, obviously in a number of ways because there's the humor aspect of it too, but, um, yeah. That's incredible. I really like that that answer. Everything is connected. And I, I hope Pleasant knows how much of an impact she's had on so many people through this through this doll brand it's really incredible when you think about it yeah 
Yeah. I know. We just need a pleasant reveal because, <laughs> I mean, we know what she looks like, but she, she hasn't revealed in a while. <laughs> right? Oh, my God. What about yourself, Barrett? Um, I think that, like, my doll collections when I was a kid, and I think maybe especially the American Girl dolls because they came with all of these books about these, like, very, like, nuanced, like, young girls. Um who make mistakes and learn from them and overcome them and are like decidedly imperfect in many ways, but also like having a good time and being kind people. Um, I think it made me, I think it was a big part of why I loved being a girl and I have always loved being a girl and I love being a woman and I'm not ignorant to like many of the challenges we face societally or just like even biologically for those of us who are AFAB. Um, I just got back from a really whirlwind trip to the gyno earlier this morning, but um, like I love being a woman so much. Um, I think it is like just such a I, I like don't want to say unique experience because literally half the population is doing it, but like it seems so much more like interesting and like nuanced and um, like complex and beautiful than it seems to have been raised a boy and grow into a man and I think a huge part of that is like what society puts on us or whatever but it's just like it is so enjoyable to be a woman and I think like having these dolls at an early age and like having them connected to fully fleshed out characters um that were my age and that like were not perfect but did still come to the right choice at the end of every day um was a huge part of me like just feeling very comfortable in my skin to this day and like embracing you know who I am hell yeah (laughs) hell yeah both wonderful answers honestly aren't we really just all American girls grown up at this point in our lives like I feel like we're just living the trajectory that American girls set forth for us (laughs) Honestly, (laughs) (laughs) this is where they wanted us to be. (laughs) Well, changing uh, tune a little bit into the games that we have for you both. If you were to host a dinner party and could invite any two American Girl characters, so either their friends, their family, or the main girls themselves, which two would you be inviting to your dinner party? Um, and think about all of the conversation that you would have with the characters, the questions they would ask each other, all of it would be a factor. Um, Barrett, do you want to start? Yeah, I do. I would invite Grand Mary, Samantha's grandmother and caretaker. I have a lot to learn from her. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I need her around. I want her to insult me. Um <laughs> And I think I would pair her with someone that, (laughs) why is my brain working like this? I want to pair us two 
with someone who's like maybe like a little more like uncouth and like brash that we can kind of like be like okay what are you doing here um (laughs) and I think I want to choose I think I want to choose Julie for that um Mm. because I feel like she and Graham Mary would clash a bit Julie was like a bit past my time she was I remember I was still getting the catalogs to my house when she was like announced as a doll but I was no longer like doll buying and playing age um and I have learned her lore since like running this account because you know many of our followers are skew younger and like did have Julie um and I you know I, I don't have a problem with her but I don't know if I'd call her a friend. <laughs> I love that. Oh my god! Imagine talking shit with Grandma. <laughs> like, oh my god, that life woman highlight. could talk mad shit. Like the way she was going on at all times about <laughs> what that whoever that man, Uncle whoever, Uncle Charlie or Henry or whatever his name was, his little uh, wife Uncle that he Gard. was bringing over, mm, <laughs> Uncle Gardner. Yeah, and, like, I loved his wife, but I was also just, like, Grammy will just, like, say anything she thinks pops into her head. It's a real <laughs> one. Right? I know. She knows how to talk shit. <laughs> I, I love that. It's kind of like my own grandma. I do think my dad's mom, um, she passed away a couple of years ago, but, like, I, I think they were, like, very similar um I think my grandma was like maybe a little more like rough around the edges just background wise or whatever but that that like just like sharp little disapproving tongue there's (laughs) there's something I love about like an older woman who is just like shitting on everybody and like has a few choice words for you but for some reason thinks you're redeemable like the only people I will seek approval from ever (laughs) right one could only aspire to be like that later on in life (laughs) Laura when we have American grand women we'll revisit this exactly (laughs) hopefully that's like on the trajectory of all of our paths (laughs) right exactly (laughs) Carter what about yourself who would you be having at a dinner party I am so stumped by this question because (laughs) for me, I feel like there are so many, like there are a couple different buckets of vibes that I could potentially want for a dinner party. And depending on the vibe would want to invite different dolls. Um, But I do think like one of the fun buckets would be inviting Molly and Emily so I could get to the bottom of like whatever (laughs) the hell was going on there um and then specifically would just want to talk through with Molly like what part of asking Emily to play bomb shelter like she thought was acceptable (laughs) I just feel like it would be like one big therapy session like we could all talk about it and it would definitely be in like this slightly unhinged bucket of vibes for a dinner party but every once in a while I feel like you need that and yeah like a slow um time in my life would love to sit down with those two ladies and uh, chit chat about some choices that were made and some <laughs> words that were said I love that answer it's giving like a real housewives reunion vibes 
like, and you're Andy yeah. Cohen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, getting into the celebrity portion, um, we have a list of some favorite celebrities and we're going to pick and you can tell us who you think they'd have. So um, only Barrett, I think, provided a celeb name. So I would kind of maybe love to get both of your feedback on this one celeb because I feel like we've all been exposed to her um, <laughs> and see if your answers differ. But um which American girl do you think Hillary Duff would have? Okay. I kind of think she would have Courtney, the 80s doll. Again, Ooh. a little after my time. Um, but I think like vibe-wise, I mean, I really think of Hillary Duff as like being like one of the few child stars has just like kind of remained happy her entire life and like working well and like minding her own business and like having a good little time um and progressing like decently into adulthood and like being super hot and fun and there's something about like the bounciness of like like Courtney has like a million outfits she's just like got a very positive vibe about her and she was also like she like had she was like the first like you can buy her an American Girl doll as an accessory like yeah. she had a Molly doll or whatever and I feel like maybe like she and Hillary Duff are even like the same ages mm. so that would be that would be my my contribution Carter what do you think you know my my gut reaction like if if she were picking a doll like as a child or one was being picked for her she reminds me of Kirsten people that I knew as a kid I don't know what about her gives me that vibe but something about like child star Hillary Duff is like equating in my brain to people I knew who had Kirsten mm -hmm. um so I, yeah, that is like a gut reaction, but I can't really explain it other than like this weird connection from like kids I knew. <laughs> yeah, it's a vibe. I mean, Hillary to me is such like a girl's girl, like genuine, so genuine, humble, like I would love to hang out with Hillary. I would love I know, to hang out with right? her. Oh my God. I adore her so, so much. I think either of those dolls sound like they'd be great options for her. Like she's definitely not like a Samantha to me. Like, no, no, no. She's more low key. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, Samantha, like in her essence is a tomboy, even though she's got like some fancier trappings, but like, yeah. I, I feel like, Hillary Duff at the end of the day sits like firmly in the middle of the American girl spectrum as like you know like a a crowd pleaser like everybody's mm -hmm. bestie um yeah. and in Lizzie McGuire I also feel like she kind of is like a person that like a lot of bad stuff happens to constantly um <laughs> which I don't know Courtney's story well enough to say if that's true but I feel like they're sort of from the same type of like modern like middle school like high school experience like on Lizzie McGuire where I feel like Courtney yeah. could relate um and then Kirsten 
classically down on her luck all the time. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, like she's down bad. <laughs> no denying that. I know, oh but goodness. great answers all around. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been so, so much fun. Barrett Carter, thank you so much for joining us today on American Girl Women. It was such a delight to finally make this happen and hear all about your experiences with American Girl and just learn a little bit more about you both. And now where could everybody find you after this? Um, you can follow our Instagram account at Holisti underscore Merriman. And it's spelled like hell. <laughs> hell is a colonial Virginia girl. Yeah. <laughs> um and that's if you're not following already, because I'm I'm sure many of our listeners are already Helicity fans. But if you're not, follow. Um, <laughs> but thank you both so much for coming. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for listening to American Girl Women. For more AG Women content, follow us on IG at American Girl Women or send us your American Girl stories via AmericanGirlWomen at gmail.com. We might just read them on the pod. If you like this podcast, tell your friends and rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts.